Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Okay, hello everyone. Mike Cleveland here again with my good friend and dear brother Alex from Chicago. And uh, Alex, we're back again this week for uh, another discussion on Psalm 22. And you know what's really interesting is it's actually just a few minutes after we recorded the first one, even though the recording isn't going out for another week. But uh, I think you and I both had the same thought. That was just an appetizer, and we were hungry for more, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hi, hi Mike. Good to, good to be back again. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and get right into Psalm 22, brother. Uh, as we're, we're looking here at the cross of Jesus Christ, we have seen him enter into the uh, experience of being forsaken by the Father. He says in verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? He had this distance between himself and the Father. We looked at that in the previous uh, broadcast. And then in verse 2, he's crying out by day and by night. You describe this as roaring. He's uh, yeah. just just crying from the depths of his being. Um, yeah. But he's experiencing no answer and no rest, according to verse 2. And then we come to verses 3 through 5. And Alex, here we see a contrast. Um, he's saying in verse 3, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One, you are the one Israel praises. And then I'm going to let you read verses 4 and 5, and we'll see if we can see this contrast here. Yes. Okay, sure. Um, and I'm, I'm reading from the ESV. So, uh, in you our fathers trusted. They trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. And so what contrast do we see here? Well, it's just, it's completely amazing because we see that as we opened with verses one and two, Jesus was crying, crying by day, by night. He was roaring uh, from the cross, but he was forsaken. He was forsaken, Mike. Uh, But, uh, I I mean, there's so many things in in these verses, um, but... It says here that when the fathers trusted in God, he delivered them. God is faithful to his people. Uh, and he, when they cried, they didn't even roar. It isn't even as loud as his roaring, but they were rescued. They trusted uh, and they were not put to shame. Uh, but it's only because Christ was put to shame for us. It's only because Christ was rejected for us even with the fathers, uh, because they looked forward to the, to the Messiah. We look back to the cross, uh, but it's all because of Christ and his finished work on the cross. That's the only, the only reason. 
That's exactly right. And, you know, maybe he has in mind uh, other passages of scripture, you know, he's thinking Mm -hmm. here as he's hanging on the cross of, you know, maybe Psalm 107, where it says, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them from their distress. Uh, He says that four times in that Psalm, Uh, all through the scriptures, we have the testimonies of, of those who looked to the Lord and who cried out to him and he rescued and he delivered. And, and so Jesus speaking through David here is making this contrast. He's saying our ancestors, cried to you they trusted in you and they were saved and they were delivered they put their trust in you and they were not put to shame and he brings up this word shame because what is jesus experiencing right now alex yes exactly yeah he's he's he took all of our shame on the cross uh and we're going to see in the next verse what even what that looked like um but he he took all of our shame so that we would have no more shame, no more condemnation, no more guilt. Because of what he took, he took it all for us on the cross. Uh, Hallelujah. He, he was put to shame. Uh, and we're going to see, you know, that all the taunting and the uh, people, you know, wagging their, their tongues at him. Their, it, it was it was shameful i mean to the point of being blasphemous but he took all that willingly uh in our place you think about what he exchanged he exchanged the glory of heaven for the shame of being treated like a criminal Uh, he exchanged the worship of all of the angels of all of heaven to be cast down into the dust to be shamed Uh, Because he had our sin on him, and sin always brings shame. And so here he is hanging uh, in the darkness, roaring out to God, full of shame, full of sin, full of guilt, even though he's the only one in history who never sinned, who was holy and separate from sinners, who was perfect and righteous in himself. Yet, Alex, he's covered with our sin and our guilt and our shame. Amen. He has Amen. gone from heaven to earth. He's gone from earth to a cross. And mm-hmm. he is now going to describe uh, comparing himself to tell us really how far he has sunk here. You want to read verse yeah. six there, brother? Yes. Uh, so in the ESV, uh, every time I read this verse, it just stops me. Uh, so this is Jesus on the cross talking but i am a worm and not a man scorned by mankind and despised by the people he says i am a worm uh mike that's our savior the god of glory the creator of all that there is uh describing himself as a worm it's just it that cuts to the heart Uh, when we see what he suffered for us. You think of a worm as something that would just be trampled in the dust um, and something, you know, you you think about too, listen to Jesus' words, uh, I am the light of the world, Hmm. right? Uh, Hmm. He says, before Abraham was born, I am. 
Uh, he is the great I am. Seven times Amen. he says, Amen. I am. But now listen, but I am a worm. A worm. Uh, Alex, he has gone so low for you and I. Yes. Uh, he has come to this earth and of his own desire and his own free will, his own decision, he decided in eternity past to come and be trampled upon, trampled upon by Pilate, trampled upon by Herod, trampled upon by the Jewish leaders, trampled upon by an angry mob, trampled upon by uh, men who have no regard for the righteousness of God. He's trampled on as a worm. Yeah, um, that's right. Because of his love. Alex, think about John 13, 1, where he says um, he loved them. And he decided to show his disciples the full extent of his love. Uh, and I believe he had the cross there in in his mind, as it, as it says, he decided to show the disciples the full extent of his love. Alex, he's come from heaven to earth and has been laid low into the dust of death. He's become a worm for you and I because of the love in his heart. Uh, I I can't hardly contain that, brother. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, me neither. and what is this worm? What what is this well, can, word? Mike, can I can I read what some others have said about about yes. the worm, and then we can. So uh, Martin Luther uh, wrote, and he's written uh, extensively on the Psalms. He loved the Psalms, but this is what he wrote on this word, the worm. According to my mind, worm does not only imply a thing of no hope or use but also that which is a nausea or an abomination and which is begotten in rottenness and putrefaction and lives and dies in it. Thus Christ being forsaken in his ignominious suffering, like a worm in the midst of corruption, was of no further hope or use in the eyes of men. Nay, he was a nausea and an abomination on account of the dreadful disgust and ignominy of the cross. That he became not yeah, as if as if he was a nausea. A nausea, yeah. The and holy Spurgeon, God became as one who would make people nauseous. Wow. Where where else do we we don't that it doesn't exist anywhere else. You know, in any other religion, it's what we sacrifice to try to get to God. Mm. But it's God who sacrifices to get to us, to bring us to him. Such a a huge, huge sacrifice. It's a huge difference between a worm trying to work its way up to heaven and (laughs) and almighty God coming down, wearing a body and being willing to be trampled as a worm under the feet of unrighteous man. Uh, Alex, that is love. (laughs) Yes. Can I read what Spurgeon wrote? Oh, please. Okay. This verse is a miracle in language. How could the Lord of glory be brought to such a basement and to be not only lower than the angels, but even lower than men? What a contrast between I am and I am a worm, just like you were saying. Hmm. 
Yet such a double nature was found in the person of our Lord Jesus when bleeding upon the tree. He felt himself to be comparable to a helpless, powerless, downtrodden worm, passive while crushed and unnoticed and despised by those who trod upon him. He selects the weakest of creatures, which is all flesh, and becomes, when trodden upon, writhing, quivering flesh, utterly devoid of any might except strength to suffer. This was a true likeness of himself when his body and soul became a mass of misery, the very essence of agony, in the dying pangs of crucifixion. Man by nature is but a worm, but our Lord puts himself even beneath man on account of the scorn that was heaped upon him and the weakness which he felt, and therefore he adds, and no man. Wow. Wow. It's amazing to consider this depth to which he purposefully went for you and I uh, to be trampled as a worm in the dust. Uh, He became a worm that you and I might become heirs. Uh, He became a worm that you and I might be children of God. Uh, He became a worm that you and I might be lifted up to heaven to live forever with him. Uh, This is uh, love beyond what we've ever known or seen. Amen. Um, And this word tola, uh, he Mm. says, but I'm a worm. It's he used the word tola, which is the actual name of a worm in Palestine. And the characteristics of this worm are when it's pregnant, it climbs up into a tree and it knows to pierce its own heart with a twig of the tree so that it would bleed out. And in so doing, it it forms a protective covering, a, a blood cocoon, so to speak, for its children that it is giving birth to as it dies. And uh, what an amazing picture of the cross there, isn't it? It's amazing. It's amazing. It's it, the depth of what he has done for us, um, Mike. We we only can see the surface of it, but even that is beyond our comprehension. It is just amazing what he's done for us. Yes. He says here that he's scorned by everyone. I think about the angry crowd as they jeered him. He, he was despised by the people. There he hangs, a criminal, so they think. Uh, uh, he's in disguise. He's disguised as a criminal, if you want to say it that way. He's scorned. He's hated, he's despised, so that you and I would be received and accepted and loved Amen. by God and blessed. Hmm. Uh, this is amazing love uh, hmm. to see him sink this far. Um, and so as you look at verse 6, uh, Alex, and we are in awe of the length to which he went for us, what other thoughts do you have, or should we move on to verses uh, 7 and further? Uh, no, I, 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 that's that's all I really. Uh, I, I'm just stopped by it every time, but I think we can we can go on seven and eight. Really, continue with what he suffered. Uh, so all verse seven. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. Verse eight. They're they're taunting him. They're quoting. He trusts in the Lord. 
Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Uh, you know, just the, I mean, these tauntings and um, just the animosity, the hatred, the, the disregard uh, that he suffered for us, Mike. Yeah, it's uh, amazing to see him in this situation where, uh, according to Matthew twenty-seven forty-one, it says, in the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Hmm. Uh, in a sense, Alex, that's true. He can't, at the same time, save others hmm. and himself. <laughs> Amen. Uh, He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him if he wants. For he said, I'm the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Uh, he's being mocked by every single human being who surrounds him, isn't he? Yes. Amen. Amen. And, and, and I did too. For many yes. years, I disregarded him. I trampled on him. Whenever I heard about the gospel, I, I didn't even stop and pay attention. Uh, I remember preachers on campus and in college, and I just ridiculed them. Uh, and I just walked on, mm. just like these people, just like these people, Mike. You know, any time that we turn to sin, any time we gratify the lusts of our flesh, any time that we choose our comfort over the cross, we're mocking him. Yeah, we're, in a sense, right. surrounding the cross, shaking our heads, hurling our own insults at him. Uh, it was my hands that nailed him there. Amen. It was yes, my words too. that mocked the king of glory. Huh. I hang my head in shame, Alex. Uh, and I do too, Mike. And what grace that we don't have to because he did for us. Yes. Yes, exactly. He trusts in the Lord. Verse 8, they say, let the Lord rescue him. Well, yeah. actually, the Lord right now is rescuing us. Yeah. The, the reason that, he's not, that the Lord is not rescuing Jesus is because Jesus is performing a rescue mission right now. Yeah. As he hangs on the cross in the darkness, he has entered into the darkness for the purpose, Alex, of rescuing you and I out of it. According to Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us or uh, put us into the kingdom of God's own son. And so let the Lord Amen. rescue him. Amen. No, he's rescuing you. He's rescuing yeah. me. And, and, you know, again, I think people are listening to us, Alex, and they would probably feel right now that they need rescuing. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, if you're in bondage to sin, if you're a slave and a captive to, to the lusts of your flesh uh, in any way, uh, you need rescuing. Don't think that by taking steps and working a program and doing as much as you can do that you're going to climb out of the dark hole. Uh, what you need is to be rescued, right, Alex? Amen, amen. And we don't have that power, Mike. We right. we know that everything we ever did only got us further into sin, further into uh, slavery. So yeah. the flesh cannot 
give birth to righteousness. Uh, this has to come of God. Yes. We need to be rescued. Absolutely. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Well, actually, mm. he's delivering you and me and, <laughs> and delighting in us now because he has turned his back on his son. Mm. Uh, and now he can say to you, Alex, and, and to all who believe, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Amen. Uh, was Amen. said initially at Jesus' baptism, said to you and I through faith now as we turn from our sins we hear the same approval that the son of God heard um, and so then we come to verses 9 and 10 and you could really summarize both of these verses Alex by saying Jesus Christ the God the creator God of heaven was made to trust as a little baby uh, wow. and, and and to think about the fact that he is the one who created all people and here he is in verses 9 and 10 as if he were a created one depending upon his parents for his every uh, uh everything to keep him alive and so again you see the length to which he went to yes. rescue us and deliver us it's just amazing isn't it just such humility he humbled himself uh in coming and taking on the human form and, and like you said as a baby Yes. Uh, yes. And so uh, he's, he's now going to uh, cry again in verse 11. Do you want to read that verse, uh, Alex? Yes, he says, uh, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. There was no one there to help him, Mike. Everyone abandoned him. Uh, his disciples abandoned him. Uh, no, no, nobody was there. He, he was even forsaken by the Father. So truly, he's crying out one more time, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. And there was no one to help him so that the Father could help us. Amen. Uh, he entered into this condition of being helpless hmm. um, and having trouble near uh, so that God the Father would help us would rescue us would deliver us would literally pull us up out of our pit of sin you see you know this is really important here alex and i think we need to to stop here for a minute because what jesus is doing here is not merely saving us and i don't like that term merely but in, in, in other words in addition to saving us he's breaking the power of sin yes yes Amen. he's hanging on the cross in in weakness uh, so that our weakness would be broken, uh, so that the power of sin over us would be broken, so that captives would be set free, so Amen. that in our lives we no longer live for the lusts of our flesh. We no longer walk according to the principle uh, of, of the world. We no longer follow the evil one. He's breaking us as well as suffering on the cross. And Alex, that's uh, why is this important to you to to see the cross not only as salvation from the wrath of God, you know, salvation from hell, but actually breaking sin's grip on us and setting us free? Amen. Oh, Mike, we have no power. We have no power uh, against this vast enemy that is always attacking us, the sin that is always the enemy with his accusations, with the temptations. 
we have no power in us. He and his forces, uh, I mean, that's a spiritual uh, oppression, and we just don't have the power against him. But Christ died to free us from that slavery. He rose in victory over sin and over death. Uh, and like you said, in him, the power of sin is broken in our lives. The enemy has n- has nothing on us anymore, just like he had nothing on Christ because we are in Christ. So Hallelujah. the power of the enemy is broken. We're slaves of Christ now. We're slaves of righteousness. We're slaves of love uh, of our Savior. Uh, yes. And we we are no longer slaves of the enemy. We do not have to go back there anymore. Yes. Just because of what he did. That is so true. And I was just worshiping as you were as you were saying that because look at everything he accomplished. Yes, he did mm. save us from the wrath of of God. You can see this wrath being poured out on him right now. Yes. He saved us from hell. Jesus is mm. enduring this wrath of God, this separation from the Father. But in addition to that. He is actually crucifying you and me because we are in Christ. Um, Alex, just like you and I were in Adam uh, mm-hmm. when he sinned on uh, taking of the forbidden tree, we, God counted us as being in Adam number one. Uh, just like that, we're looking now at the cross and we are again in Adam, in the last Adam as he partook of this tree, uh, as he partook of death, you and I have been crucified with Christ. And that's where we find freedom. Alex, a dead person doesn't sin, right? (laughs) Amen. Amen. That's right. And of course, we know we can still be tempted. We still have flesh. But the reality is that our old man, our old nature, our old self, that love to sin, like you were describing in that first session, that person has died. He has been crucified with Christ. He's also been risen with Christ to a new life. And this is where our freedom is, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's what we we read in the Bible, that uh, because we are in him, uh, when he died on the cross, our old man died and was buried never to rise again. Yes. Uh, and and when he rose from the dead, we were given newness of life. We have a new life, a new heart mm. that loves him uh, and that wants to walk in communion with him. And, and, and so that's right. We are set. We were taken out of the kingdom of darkness, as you said, put into the kingdom of the light uh, forever, forever uh, mm. by his grace, by his love for us. It's amazing to me to think that you and I used to be in that kingdom of darkness. I think we could recall, you know, the power that it had yes. over us. We don't like to recall that. It's like digging up a dead body and and looking at it, but but we don't want to do that. But to oh, the only reason we do it is to to maybe offer hope to others who are saying, "Man, yes. I'm just I'm enveloped in this darkness." Well, then turn your eyes upon Jesus and see that he was enveloped in darkness. He went into that darkness to get you, uh, to rescue you and to take you out, as Alex uh, has said here. And so, brother, as we continue on, we we now see a, a comparison. Jesus compared himself to a worm. 
Now, what is he comparing these people who are crucifying him to? Mm. So he says in verse 12, Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. So those men, the Romans and the Jews, all who are around him are pictured as beasts. I mean, he's, he's, this is their attitude. This is their heart. Um, they're, they're not even human. Uh, in their attitudes and in their treatment of him. Strong bulls, uh, ravening, roaring lions, and he's like a worm. He's defenseless. He's vulnerable on the cross. Um, so. The roaring lions uh, reminds us of what Peter says about mm. uh, a, the lion who... Uh, roars around seeking to whom he may devour um well yes. on the cross he devoured christ it says he uh, roaring lions that tear their prey or what does your version say in uh, the es ravening ravening tearing i mean tearing yeah ravening and roaring lion yeah, yeah. They, they opened wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion yeah you can see jesus on the cross being torn to pieces um, he, his arms, his hands were nailed up uh, on the cross. His feet were nailed. His back was lashed. His head was crowned with thorns. Uh, his heart was stabbed, his side with a spear. Uh, he was being torn to pieces. Alex, it makes me think of in the Old Testament that one of the sacrifices was that you would take a bird and you would take it by the wings and you would rip it. You would tear it, but yes. not sever it completely. Um, look at Jesus here on the cross and see that sacrifice happening right here. He's being torn to pieces as he is being trampled by the bulls and torn by the lions. Um, and again, to remind yourself that he went through this to make you and I whole. To, to bandage up our broken heart, to heal us by his wounds. Uh, this is tremendous love, isn't it? Amen. Amen, Mike. Yeah, this is it's amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, we, let's stop here again. Uh, we have not made it all the way through. And the reason is we just <laughs> don't want to rush. Um, yeah. Didn't you say to me that one of the words for meditate is to camp out? Or how did you explain that? <laughs> well, I did say I want to camp out on verses six and verse, you know, these other verses. Yeah, but where one of the verses that's coming up talks about uh, stepping to the side of the road uh, and sojourning there, and and so maybe we will. We've been doing that, uh, and then we'll see that uh, in the in the coming session. I think. Let's uh, let's pray right now for someone who has seen this picture, uh, maybe for the first time, or maybe in uh, for the first time in such graphic detail. Um, you know, lots of people saw the the Passion of the Christ, but the reason that that movie um, isn't biblical is simply because it didn't go far enough. Um, it didn't depict the suffering of our Savior like the Scriptures do. Um, yeah. As we've seen so clearly right here, 
Uh, and so I just want to pause for a minute and, and invite the listener to enter into prayer with Alex and I. Uh, Father, as we come to you right now, we have this scene of the cross fresh uh, in our eyes. We have seen Jesus trampled like a worm, trampled by bulls, uh, men more powerful. He has submitted himself to their power. He has willingly placed himself under uh, their authority, and they have decided to kill him and to tear him to pieces in the process. But Lord, would you right now show this scene to somebody and help them to understand that the love of Jesus pushed him onward to this cross, that he might rescue them from darkness, that he might break the power of sin in their life, that they might escape not only the wrath of God, but the power and the slavery and the bondage of sin. Lord, help them to turn their eyes right now and to fix their gaze on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured this suffering and this cross, that he abased himself to exalt us, that he went so low to lift us up. Lord Jesus, we thank you from the bottom of our heart for letting yourself be torn to pieces by suffering in this manner. Lord, please rescue somebody right now. Take them out of their sin. Lord, show them that you were covered with shame, that you were taking their sin and their guilt and their shame off of them, that you have been condemned in their place, that they would never be condemned. Lord, let them see this picture and let them never unsee it. Help it to be fastened in their heart the extent to where Jesus went for them. And I just thank you for this time with my brother Alex. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.